And we are live, everybody. All about the birds. Eagle post game show. Got the W. Pulled out the victory against the New Orleans <laughs> Saints. They were the ten and two Saints. They're the ten and three Saints now because your Philadelphia Eagles just <laughs> the Saints twenty four twenty one. Chip Keggy, you know Johnny Uleka, Phil Stifle. We are all here to break it down. Bring your comments, your thoughts. Lots to dive into. Chip's going to try to bring up the post-game press conferences as they happen here on the screen. Gentlemen, we didn't think it would happen. I know Adam will check in shortly. And oh, he's say, already checked in. He's already there. Wait. Victory. I haven't looked at the comments that are lining up. I know Adam will say it. There, there it is. Yeah, you changed your score a few times, Adam. Um, but, hey, they won. Lots of positives, some negatives. The injuries piled up. Gentlemen, Johnny, I'll start with you. What are your initial reactions from the game? Uh, it's not, it's not going to change or what I was going to say because I kind of prepared this before. Uh, I know Hertz had the <laughs> well, Hertz had the fumble, which kind of screwed up a little bit. What I was going to say because he said I was going to say he played turnover free football, but he played very well. Wasn't I don't know? He just seemed so comfort comfortable in the confidence that I saw. Just you know, really opened my eyes to what kind of a quarterback that he was and the way they ran the offense. That's just really surprising to me as well. But I, I know we give Jim Schwartz a lot of, a lot of crap, but he also, you know, with all these injuries to secondary, they played well as well. It was, I think this was the most complete game that they played all season. And that, they, they came out with the W 24, 21. I know it was a lot closer, um, you know, but, they came out with it. They beat a very, very talented team who was on a hot nine-game win streak, and they beat them. Yeah. Absolutely. Your thoughts, initial reactions. So my initial reaction is it was really nice to see a football game rather than what we've been watching. You know, I think top to bottom, this team just played better uh, than they have, like you've been saying, Phil, since week one. And I think it starts at the quarterback play. And then I think it continues um, to the defense and the defensive line starting to wake up a little bit. I think it continues uh, to, to a lot of different aspects of the game. And, and it was just so nice to actually watch this team play. Now, you know, we're going to get into a lot tonight. We're going to get into the injuries. We're going to get into uh, the, the play calling and whether it was different. And, you know, we're, we're going to get into all of it. But the fact of the matter is, is that a win is a win. We were the known underdogs to this team. And uh, I think that the Saints, like any team in the NFC, show that they are beatable. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say one word. And, and, you know, Chip knows where I get it from and all. But the team showed heart. Okay? Heart tonight. You know, they came out and they showed heart. They had injuries on that defense. And, and I'm a big Jim Schwartz basher. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan of his style of defensive coaching and all. But that defense, I mean, we had, was it Richard Seymour or Clay? She I, I don't know what the guy's real name is. I just want to keep going in Richard Kevon Seymour. Seymour. Uh, because it's the only Seymour I know that plays football. Seymour um, Butts. I was yes, I don't want to stoop to that level there, there Johnny. You know, I was going to say the, uh, you know, Simpsons, you know, thing there. But, you know, with all those injuries on that defense, going up against that kind of an offense, that defense showed heart. And, and, and that's what really jumped out at me. This team could easily fold up and have their tee times booked for the offseason. Right. But 
the, the young kids don't normally do that. The rookies, they want to play for their future and all. But this team's got a lot of high-paid, you know, vets on it. And the, the Javon Hargraves, the Brandon Grahams, you know, the, the Fletcher Coxes of the world. And they came out and they played their heart out. You know, Nicole Ruby Coleman's, you know, they they did what they had to do to have some respect and, you know, with their name and all. And, and that showed heart, showed that at least Jim Schwartz got the defense ready to play. Right. And, and, and that's where my initial reaction goes, is the heart this defense specifically showed in the second half. I think that it matters that maybe it's not necessarily Jim Schwartz doing the coaching up. Um, because we, I mean, we saw overall, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, this team, they played well, but a lot of the contributions tonight, you know, you got to give credit to the defensive line coach because those players were coached up. You got to give credit to the secondary coach because those players were coached up. Now, how he used those pieces, you can decide whether or not to give Schwartz the overall credit, but in the first half, the defense looked dominant. I'll never give Jim Schwartz uh, any kind of positive there in the second half. This team gave up a lot of points and you can mm-hmm. blame it on the injuries, in which case we have to have the conversation about the training staff yet again. You know, you can have these conversations, but the fact of the matter is, is that giving up 21 points to a team that has the playmakers that they do we started having the injuries that we did. I think it says a lot about, you know, the team and how they were prepared for this week. My question comes in is that why have they not played like this all season? Where was the heart? Where was the preparation to this level all season? Because I don't think Jalen Hurts makes a difference on the defense. No, absolutely not. I mean, you look at it, you know, Hargrave had two sacks, Sweat had two sacks, Cox had a sack. You had Singleton at 11 tackles to lead the team. You had, where's my uh, quarterback hits? You had 12 quarterback hits. Dirk Barnett, had three had more quarterback hits than tackles. He had three quarterback hits. Okay, mm-hmm. and you know where was this defensive performance? You've got Michael Thomas and Darius Slay went down, and you still were and Rodney McLeod went down. I mean, we had Rodney McLeod went down the same exact play. Avante Maddox went down. You, you, you think about mm-hmm. it, holding Michael Thomas to eight catches for eighty-four yards and no touchdowns—that's a win. Holding Alvin Kamara to seven catches for only forty-four yards. That's a win. You know, no one else had more than three catches on the Saints. And I know it was Taysom Hill, not Drew Brees. But, you know, Taysom Hill has been managing games well and playing well the last couple of weeks. Or even the fact that Taysom Hill didn't run all over this team. One of my yeah. biggest concerns was watching a running quarterback against this team again. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, and no, I don't know if it's the, – the play calling was very different tonight than what it has been. Mm-hmm. I feel like the New Orleans Saints abandoned their run game which would have been the biggest attribute for that team to win because Taysom Hill is not a throwing quarterback. And I think he showed that tonight. Yeah, he's not. And you could tell by his elongated delivery, the way he just, he's not a, he's like what, like we said it before, I think this is, you know, the Tim Tebow, him moving and should have been a tight end. And this is what a kind of, what what he has been up to this point in his career is that tight end fullback, you know, halfback role. And I think the Saints thrusting him in there in the starting position like that, they had some pretty easy matchups. I mean, hypothetically, based off a of schedule, we were an easy matchup as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they've kind of thrust him in there to see what they've got. They did sign him to lock him up. I think he's guaranteed through next year. So, you know, they want to see what they have with him. 
but I mean, he's not a, he's not a, he's not Drew Brees. I, I mean, think the other thing that you said though, Phil, and I'm pretty sure it was you that said it, is that is it possible if this was a a look ahead game? Yeah, I said that before the yeah, game. They have, they you got the Chiefs next week. week. The you Chiefs got a potential Super Bowl matchup against the Chiefs next week. I, and, you know, you you, you kind of take a team lightly. You got a rookie I, quarterback out there. They, you know, we're the number one defense. You know, with a rookie quarterback. You know, and and it showed that they were weren't taking the team seriously. My thing with you know thinking about like I said it in a like a group message before the game. People are talking about the Saints defense. I mentioned it. I think they're a little bit of a flawed defense, but the looking ahead definitely makes sense. But the other thing was, and people were mentioning it, how the offense looks so drastically different with Hertz than it did with Wentz. And now getting to what Chip's point is about the defense, if the offense is stagnant time and time and time and time again, and the defense keeps going out there in you know few games. They, they were doing their jobs against Seattle. They weren't letting the Seattle, you know, get tons of tons of yards and offense, and they're stopping and stopping them, but then the offense is doing nothing for you. When you have a different, you know, different voice in there, a different player, uh, Hurts going in there, making plays, getting points on the board, it's 17 points in the first half. It just, that could also bring a little bit of the intensity to the defense as well. Just to bring up the kill-kill, Matt was, Matt was paying attention. M. Can said, checks in on the show. I'm sure he will check in with the exact amount of kill kills. I think it was four. Might have been five. I, 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 got, I had four. Hey, that, that, was, four. that was that was a big improvement. We were counting chips kill kill kills there. But Sorry to sidetrack there a bit. But was I wrong about that? And because there he is. And he's checking in. I, I, Matt, I had four as well. But let's think about what, what looking at the way that this team flowed, mm-hmm. I don't know if it is more the fact that Doug just called a better game, which I'm going to say is probably unlikely because, you know, we have a bigger way. We have a bigger, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We've seen more of what he does, right? Jalen Hurts, we have a very limited amount of tape on this kid. So the fact of the matter is, Mm -hmm. I have been saying for a couple of weeks now that I don't necessarily think that, it was Doug calling bad games. I think that it, we had a jumpy quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. We had a jumpy quarterback who had gotten sacked 50 times over the course of the season, over 100 hits this season. And now he's trying to, as we do in apparently Philadelphia, overthink everything, be the smartest person in the room. What you saw today from Jalen Hurts was a quarterback just go out and play. Mm-hmm. And it made a difference. Is Absolutely. It, is it the fact that, like I've mentioned, I mentioned on the pregame show, I read a little uh, piece that Brandon Lee Gowton during his uh, one podcast that he was talking about how Carson dictates the offense and doesn't run the offense. Now, Correct, is this yeah. hurts running the offense? And see, there's 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 a there's a lot that's going to come out of this because you know Hertz played well against a number one defense. You know, with a lot of veterans on the other side of the ball, blitzing, they were doing a whole bunch of different things. Over 100 yards rushing. Yeah, his passing stats weren't the greatest, but he was able to make plays with his legs. Right. So, And it was it was quick decision-making. It was one read, work, not there, go. One read, not there, go. One or two reads, not there, go. So, again, I don't necessarily think that Doug called such a drastically different game. Um, you know, my, and I'm trying to get the, some of these post games up. Miles just said that Jalen does the same thing Carson does as a leader. And that's great as a leader. 
That's great as a leader. The question is, as a quarterback, as a football player, does he do the same thing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or, and we said this, and Phil and I were talking about this at the uh, the halftime show, is that the way that Jalen Hurts played tonight, the closest thing I can compare it to is the way that Carson Wentz played early in his career. Yeah. It, it, it was – it was carefree. It was you got, I don't have a worry. You know, it was loose. It was you know, there was no pressure on Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts goes out here and stinks today, it's okay. He was a rookie going up against the top defense. You know, Carson right, right. is the high paid you know five year vet. Jalen Hurts is a rookie. What rookie? I mean, what did they say? It was he's only the second rookie to ever put up hundred yards rushing ever in his first game. To Lamar Jackson was the only other rookie. Right ever in their first start put up 100 yards rushing i mean he went out there and played loose football no pressure football and when you have no pressure it gets it gets a little easy things slow down a little bit to you but yeah and, and, the, and the fact yeah, of the matter I, is, as drew saying i know we don't want to take the big cap hit there's ways around the cap hit i still believe that carson will be the starter here next year i think we all agree that Unless there's some drastic front office and coaching changes, Carson will be here next year. But I don't. I don't like know. Today, a game like today makes the cap hit. If you move on, a little bit more. I don't know what the word is. Not acceptable, but you know, you you, you can see I, why they're going to make that decision. I sent you I guys think, something yeah. earlier about the cap could possibly be 195 million. And not 176. So there's there's a lot of things to happen. So I'm just, you know, it's this is a fluid situation. It's not something that's going to be able to be said. But I think, well, here, Carson, here's the interesting question. Based off of all that, will Carson start next no. week? No, and no, I, I, heard, I know I'm Doug, gonna, and I'm going to go out on a limb now and say that Carson I, does not start another I, game. I know season. Doug's going to drag it out. Doug will not say when we bring up his post game press conference. Doug will not say who the starter is next week yet. But, yeah, I, th- I think based off of today's performance, you can almost guarantee Carson will not be starting next week. I don't think he starts the rest of the season. I, yeah, I don't think so either. I think you have to just let him roll. Whether you're trading Carson or you're trading Jalen, you got to see what he could do over a – one game isn't much. You know, four-game stretch, that's a bigger difference there on, you know, knowing what you have. But you know, right, just, try to read these comments too. Keep going. <laughs> but you know, the, the the thing about the whole Carson and you know the you know the way Hurts played, you have to play him. I know you know you're going to, and the thing is, he's you know you're going to be going to Arizona, playing. I know it doesn't make too much sense. You know, it's on the road now. There's no fans, so it really doesn't matter that much. But the, you you let him play the rest of the year and see what he has. Whether you decide to get rid of. Hurts or you get rid of Carson. There's, I don't think you can go into the uh, the off season and into uh, next season with both of them being there because it's the question is just going to get louder and louder and louder. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just to answer Palatero's question. It was announced before the game a couple days ago that Doug was going to call the plays tonight. All the players. But I don't. I mean, we don't know if he stuck with that the whole game. But if he started play calling for the day and the way the game went, I'm pretty sure that he probably stuck with it the whole game. The way the game went. Right. And I, and I think that from everything that we heard today coming out from, you know, Adam Schefter and, and more and all these people that 
You know, they do plan on bringing back Carson Wentz next season. They do, they're, 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 they really do believe in this kid and the fact that, you know, this is well, just a bad season for him. And then maybe that's also the things that they have to say. Exactly. They're not going to they're not going to say we're not going to bring him back because then his the value goes all the way down because they know you need to, you're going to trade him. So they're they're tra- they're saying all the right things. Right. And you know Elizabeth makes a really good point here, you know, Carson is the one taking all the blame and you're looking at all of the things that happened today, but fact of the matter is is that, Car- that Carson Wentz being in there, they would not have played as well. I I don't doubt that for a second. Carson Wentz in 2020 is not a good NFL quarterback. Now, we have seen flashes of him, mm-hmm. we, we, and we have a very small sample size on Jalen Hurts. You know, 17 to 30, so the accuracy is a question. But he ran the ball pretty well. He made quick decisions. He made decisive decisions. And that's the quick, decisive decisions. Decisive. I didn't to cut you off, but that's a no, key, but key phrase exactly right there. I think one thing that jumps out to me is for the first time, in a really long time, the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line did not give up a sack today. Not one. They didn't give up a sack. Now, now you have to question, is it because Carson was holding the ball too long and not getting out of the pocket? I don't even think it was necessary that he was holding the ball too long. It was the fact that he wasn't actually looking down the field. He was constantly – we addressed this in – previous yep. shows he's looking at the at his feet he's looking at the linemen he's looking he's around him here instead of downfield and he that's jumping and that's the problem that he had he was so fidgety now we had a lot of injuries today but it seemed like the offensive line came out of it uninjured i mean yeah, we'll I, see, they, you know they, in the next day or so if there was they played the all the snaps together exactly so that means next week we can have for the first time all season back-to-back weeks with the same starting offensive line and then all of a sudden you start getting some continuity on that offensive line, then your quarterback could be confident, not necessarily you know worried about taking hits constantly throughout the game. The uh, the one play, and Phil and I, Phil, you were commenting on what I was tweeting out because I noticed on the play a lot. Uh, it was in the second half, and it was the play where Jalen ran out of the pocket and Malcolm Jenkins put him on his keister, mm-hmm. right? And it was an offensive line breakdown. Um, Absolutely. It was an offensive line exactly breakdown. exactly what play you're talking about. Right. It was offensive line breakdown. And what ended up happening – and Cameron Jordan flushed him out of the pocket because he went through the B-gap. Mm-hmm. Um, because Herbig, who was just announced as the starter this week, blocked down and helped double on Kelsey's man. Driscoll picked up the outside guy, so Cameron Jordan went in untouched. That is a simple blocking scheme – that is fixed by playing together as an offensive line for more than a week of practice. Quick, we write this comment down and somebody want to do some research and figure it out. So after the game, at least next week, when we break it down, I would, I'd be curious to see how well, many snaps he had, you know, in the pocket versus out of the pocket. But that's, that's, Don, he, that's, that's Don. He's going to bring it up to me all week. No, yeah, but exactly. the thing was, the, the, the thing was about that in the pocket. Did you see the stats of him throwing in the pocket to out of the pocket? Like, like towards the end of the game, he was only at two incompletions throwing in the pocket. Right. So, so you're saying that he is actually – he did not do as well when he was on the move. Yeah. He did better Whereas, in the pocket. Hold on. And Doug is now coming up. I'm going to see if I can right, bring let's, let's see if we can share Doug's press conference as we go. As, as he's bringing that up on the screen, Drew, I mean, a lot of it chip, – Chip's brought up how much that, you know, Carson kill, kill, kill constantly out of the plays. 
Let's see what he's got to have to say here. Speak, Doug. Speak. Can you turn the volume up on that there, Chip? That's maxed out. Yeah, I don't think everybody's going to be able to hear that. Yeah. No audio on that? I mean, there's audio, but it's really faint and really hard to hear. That's better. That's – Working on it. Yeah. I mean, he's basically just talking about the resiliency, the heart, basically what we opened the show up with, you know. Yeah, and we got multiple people saying can't heal. Yeah, press conference. Kill, kill, kill the press conference. (laughs) Love it. Love it. It's a great comment. I was trying to go from the Eagles website, but just much like uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, they weren't working too well here. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. We're, we're we're still we're still refining. This is the first year of the podcast. We're refining our skills here now, so that next year, you know, maybe we're slightly oiled as a machine. So yeah, I mean, so what's Carson feeling right now? Let's let's bring up Brad. You know, his co- question here. What do you think, Johnny, that he's feeling at this moment? You know, it's he's probably. I think he's happy for Hertz. I don't think he's really a a guy who's gonna. I don't know. I just feel like he's he's going to be happy for the team. They got the win. Um, you know, he said that time and time again uh, when he talks. You know, it's it's about the team. He's always mentioned that. Uh, it's about. I know us, what I did, but but uh, you know, I, he's probably feeling happy they got the win. But he, I think he also knows that Hertz is going to be starting next week. Yeah, I think, no I think he feels relieved that he doesn't have to go back in there at this point. I think he wants the break at this point. No, I mean, no player wants to not be on the field. Oh, but I yeah. think he's relieved that Hurts did well, and it, and there's there, there's a quarterback controversy in Philadelphia. Yes, but is there a quarterback controversy on who's starting next week? Not no. even for a second. You know what I mean? So I think he's relieved at that point. He could just continue to go about getting his mind right, his body right, and just going back to the basics. And also, I think that's the case there. You know, I don't think he would actively ask for a trade. I think he does truly like being here. It helps if I turn the audio on, gentlemen. Oh, well, here we go. Well, I mean, don't – don't. Now that we've lost half of our listeners. Seeing, and there, a lot of it was, you know, QB scrambles too, you know. Um, so they weren't necessarily designed, uh, designed uh, you know, rollouts. But, um, you know, it's just part of the – I guess part of the game plan, you know, to, to be able to get um, – and, and really the defense too. I mean, you gotta, you gotta consider the defense and, and how they play, uh, which, which can allow for, um, you know, your quarterback to get on the edge just a little bit and, and, and throw quickly and, and um, how your defense just kind of cut the field in half for him and, and keep it uh, as simple as I po- you know, possibly could in, in certain situations. Jeff and then Zach Berman. Uh, Doug, you, 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 your comments about Jalen seem kind of tempered um, considering the performance. Is that because you have to take into account Carson? 
<laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, I have to take into consideration the entire football team. You know, Jalen Jalen played played well. Uh, obviously, we won the game, but um, you know, there the, there's a lot of lot of good performances out there tonight. And and again, have you know, confidence in your players. Said, defense stepped up. Offensive line. My goodness. You know, um, some of our young receivers and this whole hum stuff doesn't so, work for me. Um, it's it's a start, and uh, does not look like he just won a football game. And uh, he doesn't. And Daniel Gallon. Hey Doug, nobody runs on the Saints like that. I I think it's it's been 56 games that they haven't allowed a 100 yard rusher. You guys had had two today. What was the difference in the running game? We ran it. Well. How is this um, a tough question? Just go. It's not a tough question. <laughs> we faced the worst rushing defense I think, in football multiple times like, and didn't run the ball. Studying the front. Right, you study uh, the film. Mm -hmm, sure. What these guys do. and, and um, I think know, he's just like, oh, shit, I, I got to play you know, Hurts next we, week. We kept it to where uh, yeah. we could have more probably repeat plays and, and – um, I just all right. This just, is just execution, you know, with the guys up front. It's what you expect from him. I mean, I would expect some positivity from him. He's literally you, know, you just beat a Super Bowl contending team on one of your worst, well, your worst season ever as head coach. You just beat the C, the Super Bowl contending team. Come on, smile, be positive, pump up the team a little bit. That's not if I was a player in the locker room, and if they have the post game press conference on in the locker room, I don't know if they do or not. I'd be like, dude, what's this coach? What's what's my coach doing? You know, be happy. There, there, there's got to be some positivity there, and, that, and, that's, you know, he, and that's, uh, he couldn't even say how excited he was for Jalen and his rookie quarterback to be playing well. Oh, here comes. Are you guys still hearing the audio? Yeah, I hear you. Oh, their uh, audio? No, no, yeah. no. Well, you bringing it back up or something? Yep. Relax and, and be with my family tonight and enjoy this win and, and get ready for the week. Head in and less. Yeah, hey, Doug. Um, that fourth down throw that uh, Jalen made to Jeffrey, uh, first of all, the decision to go for it there, what what went into that thinking? And then what did you think of that, that play that he made? That fourth down. Was that the – was that the touchdown? How does he not know? Touchdown. Every player and every coach remembers every play from the yeah. game when they're I'm out there sure and when they're focused on the game. Early in the game. Was he just picking his finger now, by the way? Um, he really yeah. was. Fourth and what? Two, maybe? He's being questioned on the fourth down stuff, um, and that's fine. But no, just uh, uh, an opportunity there. I mean, But it was Alshon's only listen, catch. Uh, so how do you, you know, you know, me, know which one it was? Yeah. When it's, when it's I didn't hit my, my touchdown parlay you know, scores yeah, today I, either. Great, great play, play by both those guys. Great catch, back shoulder throw. Um, Alshon, pull it in. Uh, great play. Last great play. Doug, did, uh, did Jalen show you anything uh, you weren't expecting to see from him tonight? Anything A win. that surprised you at yeah. all? And I also wanted to ask yeah. while I'm on here, if any of the injuries, if you have any idea if any of these guys is really seriously injured and isn't going to be able to, to go forward in these final three weeks. Yeah, injury-wise, I'll get an update here um, tonight, first thing in the morning. I'll be able to update you tomorrow, um, you know, probably a little better on that. But uh, we definitely had some guys that got banged up in this game, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll get them. He is really struggling uh, with his fingernail. Uh, yeah, I, as far as he must have goes, some bad, you know, um, bad hangnail right now. Really, really nothing that he, you know, that he showed today. He hasn't, 
you know, shown in, in he's practice. He's so uncomfortable. This week in practice. Or I don't get it. What is wrong with him right now? Um, you won a game. Ability to Adam he about? Did he just get fired after the game or something? Run and, did did, know, did Jeffrey Lurie just say you're fired and he just, that, that we we're not going to announce it till tomorrow? And, you know, for, for the majority of the year. Uh, but Pathetic. nothing really out of the ordinary from him that uh, we, we didn't expect. Thank you. Marcus and then John McMullen. Hey, Doug. Um, your rookie quarterback in his first start just beat maybe the best team and the best defense in the league. <laughs> Carson struggled all year. Do you, do you wish you had done this sooner? Do you Ooh, wish you had given Jalen a start now. sooner? And if, if not, why not? No answer. <laughs> you know, Marcus, um, you know, uh, it took, you know, everybody in uniform to win this game. Oh, my God. And, and I'm going to repeat myself again that, that it, it takes it takes a village to get this stuff done. And um, Jalen was a part of it, yes. But, but um, you know, it, it took a team effort to win, honestly. Um, again, you know, I talked about the defense earlier. I got, I got, I got to cut this, this whole hum yeah, attitude here. Just, this is roll with that. Wait, wait I, till, wait till Jalen. I want to see what Jalen's rocking. If he's got a Philly shirt on or a Sixers shirt on or an Astros shirt. My, I did say mid game. If Jalen Hurts leads the <laughs> Super Bowl, I will buy that exact outfit he had on in his first press conference. There, I you am know? so frustrated listening to yeah. this guy talk. Like he just lost another game. So I understand that, you know, practice makes perfect. So is he only at this point used to practicing for losses in this press conference? Is that what the problem is that he is so uncomfortable because he's not used to a win? I don't know. Well, it has been. I'm not. I'm not, Drew. Don't give him worry. a break. We, we want to – Elizabeth wants us to give him a break. I love Elizabeth. She's positive. She, she's got confidence in Carson. You want to give Doug a break. But that's what we're here to do. We're here to break it all down. You know, we're actually very happy that the Eagles won today. You know, Big there time. used to be yeah. another person on this show before Chip was on. He wanted the Eagles to lose. He was looking for the, the, the draft pick. I would never hope for the Eagles to lose. And we are ecstatic. It was great to pump my fist 20 times today or whatever it was. You know, but we still got to break down what's going on in the game. So, and in the post game yeah. here. So yeah. I, I'm I'm I want to ask a big question here because that's that's uh -oh. what I like to do. I like to ask my big questions here. So we have all season been playing the who stays, who goes game, right? Mm -hmm. Pop quiz from the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Please write me a five paragraph essay about. Is Can I double a paragraph? <laughs> Take him out of here. Hurts. Right. Is Jalen Hurts going to be successful in any offense that he is? And is that why Doug is so nervous? Because he showed that it doesn't necessarily need to be Doug as the head coach here. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good question. But, you know, the, the, the way I think of it is, you know, it shows that, you know, yes, Carson struggled and you saw no sacks and stuff. How much of it? I understand everyone around you. You said takes a village. Uh, you know, try to give that that answer. But you know, Carson was struggling, and it showed. He had you know a season that was by far his worst since he's been in the league, and he has regressed. And it it showed you. So I don't think that it's um, that any any quarterback anybody Jalen Hurts can you know do for anybody. He's just so talented. He could mm -hmm. work in anybody's offense. Just to 
just imagine him with like a Sean McVay or a Mike or a, or a Shan, Kyle Shanahan, you know, a really a, someone that's really, you know, great play caller and designer of an offense. Mm-hmm. How, how about this? 32 minutes ago, Dan Orlovsky, we always like to bring him up here as hopefully the future, future GM of the team. And uh, Jalen Rager's on the mic now. I mean, I'm not really too interested in that. Um, I do want to hear the other Jalen, the, the Hurts machine. Absolutely. Um, but Dan Orlovsky said, the Eagles as a team played their best game of the season. Agreed. No question. Coached their best game of the season. But credit where it's due, Jalen Hurts played really good football, and his legs were an absolute difference maker. And it's somebody like, like, absolute difference maker, 100%. Because he knew when to slide right, when to slide forward, and he knew when to just take right. off. He wasn't hesitant on taking off. That's the difference. I've, I said it before. I think I said it even this week. Carson Wentz isn't a running quarterback. He's a Ooh. scrambling quarterback that right. can run the ball if necessary. He's more in that, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers gets a decent amount of rushing yards, but he's not a running quarterback. Right. So that's the difference between Wentz and Hurts. And when you have a bad offensive line or a, no continuity on the offensive line, you need a running quarterback, not a right. scrambling quarterback. And and looking at these as they come in, right? You know, Hurts is amazing and and not Hurt is not hurt, right? He's fresh. And we mentioned that early on. The fact of the matter mm-hmm. is that, you know, he, he hasn't taken all the hits. And, you know, then Andy chimes in with, uh, you know, left he sack. He did do this. He did not take a sack. He Zero. All Zero, Andy. Every Zero time. sacks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a huge point. And, and and everybody knows I'm a Carson apologist. I, I love my Carson Wentz. But Carson did not. He held the ball too long, way too frequently. He danced around, did not look. And he had no ability to pull the trigger on a throw. So, you know, I, I saw a lot of positives out of Jalen Hurts tonight for sure. But it gives you that that question going forward. If Jalen Hurts the rest of the season plays and plays very, very well, it's got, you know, it's going to be the talk on, you know, all the shows. It's, it, it's just what it's going to be because it was on every single pregame show. It, that's all it was. They were just yep. highlighting that and highlighting that. And I don't want to say it, Johnny, but we're still in contention for the division. The Cardinals yeah. didn't look that great against the, the Giants today. They haven't looked well overall. Then we got Washington. Washington did win. Washington Denver, did win. Barely against San, an injured San Francisco team. Then you got the and you got the Cowboys. It could come down to week 17. Jalen Hurts, we're gonna get overreaction Monday comments at 8-10 on Sunday night. It's a possibility. I mean it's not out of the realm of possibility. It is 2020 right now, isn't it? You know, weird things have happened, and all worse things have happened in 2020. It's possible. I'm just at, at this point with a with a four eight and one team. You know, I am going to go with the straight up NFL cliche. I am watching this a week at a time. Yeah, I, I am too. I'm, I'm just you know over what? the top, being dramatic about it. I'm oh, told I'm overly dramatic I, 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 all the time. I'm just, I get I'm just it. pulling into the show here. Right. But and I and I get that, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is that I'm watching this game and I'm excited to watch Eagles football again in that first half. You know, Phil and I, we we went for 13 or 14 minutes at halftime, and I didn't want to stop the show because I was so excited. The second half was a letdown. The second half, they let a That's team right. that is a, a good team back into the game. But was um, it a letdown? Because they are a really good team. I said it right after the half. You know, on a, on a tweet, this is a team coached by Sean Payton, one of the best coaches in football. Sure. 
you know, it's a talented team. You got Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. You got really good players on that defense. You had to expect them to make a game. You, there's nobody this, who was going to think here's, that we're going to shut them out. Like. Here's what I didn't like, and I knew it was going to happen because it's what always happens, right? Miles Sanders, I think, had eight or nine carries in the first half. I, I don't remember. the. It was either eight or nine. Five, he finished the – he had five carries in the second half. You were up significantly. How do you abandon the run game like you did? Now, Jalen Hurts didn't throw the ball that much more in the, in the second half. He threw the ball nine additional times in the second half. But he also had to use his legs a lot more. How do you abandon the run game after your star running back breaks off an 82-yard run at the end of the half? Don't you start to use the running game more? How do you change the game plan? And that's where my frustration with Doug and the play calling comes in. And this is where uh, this comment's coming in. Your play calling in the second half went to absolute crap. Yeah, It went to absolute crap. But for them giving us the onside kick recovery, and I, I still don't understand how at the bottom of the pile an eagle came up with that ball. Yeah. That, that, now, there was some heart. I, you know, I, we bashed, you know, Jalen Mills and everybody else, but right. those guys, That's, I mean, they battle for that. I would never want to be at the bottom of an onside kick no. pile. Never in my life like ever no. want to be that. Put you Jordan Mylotta in there, though. Put Jordan Mylotta in there because he's used to the rugby from. I've heard stories from – I, I love Mike Golick when he was on ESPN's morning show with Mike and Mike, and he's yep. talked about the bottom of those piles and all, the eye gouging, the, the yep. crotch crab and everything else. <laughs> you know, he's like, it's not a comfortable position to be at the bottom of a pile up like that looking for a football. But, but the, the, the comeback had a little bit to do with, you know, you had Mills, Kavon Seymour, and then you had Epps and Kavon Wallace back there. So, and Nicole Roby Coleman. So the secondary was super, you know, decimated. So I just, that's where a little bit of it came, let's, came back let, from. Let's but. transition on Elizabeth's question here on uh, O-L-E-O or L-O. Oh, I'm, I'm sure she's talking about one high, what is he, the third highest paid kicker in football, Jake Elliott, missing mm-hmm. a chip shot. Again, there's a reason we go for it on fourth down so much. Yeah, I mean – how can you not – if you're not going to cut Carson and take that cap hit, you might as well cut Jake Elliott and take that cap hit because the you guy bring competition is broken in the kicker, isn't he? What's that? You bring, you bring yeah, competition in the offseason. Kickers are like closers. So they can have a great season and then all of a sudden go to shambles. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a confidence thing. He's missing a bunch of kicks. So what's, what's going to happen? Your confidence is going to go low. So bring in, bring in someone to compete with them. If they – the person who's competing with him plays better than you. You eat whatever you have to eat, a couple million dollars or whatever, right. and you go ahead and you go with the guy who's going to give you a better chance to make field goals or extra right. And, and, and I like that thought because you know you think about someone like Goskowski, right? Goskowski was one of the best Hall of Fame NFL quarterback kicker at the time. One of one of the future Hall of Famer kickers, and this year he he cannot make a kick. He kind of make a kick. So is it that logic of, you know, holding on just a little too long? We, we've seen that happen with kickers before. Are they just holding on too long? That's why you don't sign kickers to long-term deals. Exactly. Because that psyche, once that psyche – And, and there, there's kick, no need kickers, kickers and quarterbacks. Time to dozen. You know, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll bring it up. I, I did an interview with a guy from my, my local, Chester County. He was the um, – where would he go to college now? I forget about it. I just pulled this off on the top of my head. He was the number one foot kicker in – uh, 
Bucknell. He was the FCS kicker of the year at Bucknell. He's a local kid, Alex Pechney, and, and people thought he was going to get drafted, but people don't just draft kickers. You know, he had some tryouts here and there, but you got a kid that was, you know, probably, you know, the best college football kicker, and he's still out there. There are young kids that will just die for that opportunity. You don't sign big deals to kickers. It's just – GMing 101, in my opinion. It's very rare to find the Justin Tuckers and the Vinatieri's. Yeah. It's very yeah. rare because another guy who was very, very, very good, uh, Guskowski, is struggling with with Tennessee. So, right. you know, you get to a point where you're not going to always be able to hit on these these guys. So most kickers bounce is- from team to team throughout their career. Yeah. Even the best ones that are out there right now have been on three, four, five teams. Acres, you know, Acres was on the Panthers yeah. and the Redskins before he came to the Eagles in 99. So yeah. it, it, you it, bounce it, around. It, you just don't give big money, as we're being told here. You just don't pay big money to kickers. And I know Whitney said a few minutes ago, you can't cut him. You can always cut anybody. You have to deal with the consequences if you cut them cap-wise. And if, as Johnny said, there is a rumor that the cap's going to be $20 million higher than it was projected to be, you know. If we're not going to cut Carson, you're definitely cutting Cody or Cody Parkey. I was about oh, to read Cody Parkey's oh, point, but you know, oh. anyway, you're not cutting Jake Elliott um, because you know, well, Jake or Cody Parkey isn't doing much better either. You know, I, I like we've had a whole bunch of people checking in the last few minutes about it. an offensive coordinator. See, I, I brought up this comment a week ago, two weeks ago. My biggest fear: Jalen Hurts comes in, plays well, we don't make the playoffs, or we make the playoffs. But Jeffrey Laurie makes zero changes to yeah. Howie Roseman, to the to the Doug Peterson, you know, just says whatever. That is a big fear of mine. And today's step one in progressing that fear. Right. And the fear is that they make no changes. But the only way that they make no changes that it works is if we bring in an offensive coordinator to call the plays, to be that one voice that's talking to Carson or Jalen Hurts and talking to, you know, you know, Doug on what to do on offense. And I think it's something that will definitely need to be addressed here as we move forward. We need an offensive coordinator, do we not? We, we, yeah, we absolutely. We do. And the one thing I saw today is, and I saw it today more than I've seen it in previous weeks, is when Jalen Hurts came off the field, he was next to Doug. He was yeah. over there talking to Doug. Doug was actively coaching him. Meanwhile, when – Carson would come off the field. He would be hanging out with Press Taylor or hanging out with Nate Sudsell. Yeah. I mean, the fact that this is a, a legitimate Nate has addressed this week one, and that's I, who your quarterback's hanging out with. Right, and you know, it's so frustrating because I don't know the truth of the matter here. I don't know. Look, I've been on my soapbox these past couple weeks. Going is Doug to blame for the play calling, or has Carson been calling Doug's plays? And it really does make a difference here. Same thing. I don't know whether or not to blame Doug for not coaching Carson up or if Carson's going, yo, Doug, I'm good. I don't need it when he really does. And, and, that, and that comes down to back to the kill, kill, kill point you bring up all the time. The dictating maybe, the offense. And everybody knows my love of Carson, but Great. maybe Carson is part of the problem on that aspect of it, on the coaching aspect. Not his play on the field. I think his play on the field can be fixed, but maybe he's just not coachable. Maybe he doesn't like the voice that's in his ear in Doug Peterson. Maybe the rumors are true and he 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 misses Frank Reich or whatever. You know, 
we don't have we do have five offensive coordinators, and that's the problem, Nick. That is the problem right there. You know, we're getting defensive coordinator comments here. I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, I, I didn't even think of it. You know, I, I heard on uh, Sports Center the other day. I think they were talking about how you know Marvin Lewis de- deserves another shot as a head coach. He absolutely coach. does. I think he does. I, I mean, maybe I, I thought he got too long of a leash there in Cincinnati. He was there way too long for making the playoffs. Only what twice. Um, but as a defense coordinator, yeah. I mean, someone brought it up a few minutes ago. You know, who's more to? We always talk about who's to blame. Who did a better job today, Doug or Jim? Hey, I'll give. I, I said at the beginning of the show, Palatero. Uh, Jim did an excellent job getting this team ready and holding the team together with all the injuries. So, Right. And that's a big concern as we move forward because, you know, it. we're we're looking at this and – Jalen Hurts up at the podium? No, that is Josh Sweat. Okay. Because everybody ragged on me for calling Travis Fogum Jalen Jalen Hurts last week. So I I don't want to say it is unless I'm sure, you know. Another breakout player there, Josh Sweat, Phil. He he. You know what? I, I was I was typing a tweet, and then I backed it off because there was early in the second half or late in the first half. He bit on a quarterback, you know, on our on an RPO, and it resulted in a first down. I was like, Josh Sweat, all those lovers of Josh Sweat. I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to be positive. We're winning this game. Let me back that out. Then he came back after that, had two sacks. The guy was all over the field in the backfield. One bad play is not made up for by two good plays. But right. for his young, as young as he is, he's a guy going forward. We've talked about it, Johnny, multiple times on this show for a long time. Brandon Graham's probably not going to be here next year. You're going to have to cut him probably. You might That'll move on hard. from Stark Barnett. You might not. One of those guys on the end is going to have to Graham out of, or out of, Yeah, out of just sheer cap liability. Absolutely. One of those two is going to have to be gone next year. Josh Sweat. Gone, BG stays because he can restructure. So that's the only. Then that's fine. That, that's fine. You could restructure Dark Barnett too because you can extend that and all. But one of them is going to be gone. Josh Sweat showed today and a few times this year, but today specifically, maybe he is a big piece on that line moving forward. And it's also right, right now with Josh Sweat where he has to play. So he he is a backup, you know, defensive lineman. But not only a, where where Johnny go. I, I saw. <laughs> Tommy, I love hiding Johnny's face. I don't want to see that anyway. Yeah, you know, um, his, his wife commented on my beard trim up, but he didn't. She didn't comment on his face. So you know, we we know who wants to be seen. You had a comment on your hair, my beard. You know, nobody cares about Johnny. I but no, so my point. Hair. Yes, yeah, Johnny. It was Johnny that commented on my hair. I wasn't. No. I didn't even notice. Yeah. That. That's weird. <laughs> right. So Awkward. the thing that I also like about Josh Sweat is he is a player's player, right? So he is out there for the good of the team. He made a huge tackle on special teams as well today on a kickoff return. Who did so, Sweat? Josh Sweat. Okay, I didn't see. I don't remember. So, if I want to say it was in. Uh, I wrote it down in my notes. I'll put it in my article later. But he made a special teams play as well. So you have guys on both sides of the line, right between Josh Sweat and Jordan Mailata, who are team guys. I have been saying for a couple of weeks now. Whenever an offensive player gets tackled, right? It's a run. It's a pass downfield. It's a scramble or it's a sack. It's whatever it is. Who is the first player you see over the last couple of weeks to be there to pick up that player? Jordan Mailata. Mm-hmm. He is a team guy. Josh Sweat seems like a team guy. So, yes, he's making huge plays on defense, but then he goes out on special teams and he makes a special teams play, or he he goes and tries to block a field goal. This team, when we begin our rebuild, needs to be centered around guys that are team-first players. I agree. 
I, I'm what, a big believer in team first all, that's all the what time. That's has always worked with this team. It's for the good of the team type players. It's why I was never a Michael Bennett fan. I couldn't stand the guy. Yes, dominating defensive lineman, but awful in the locker room. He was all about himself. Josh Sweat isn't that guy. And I think you look at players like Singleton, you look at players um, like Mylotta, you look at players that want to play for the good of the team. That's how Doug continues to coach these players. You and know, Doug something a about that, you know, and, and see, the thing is, like, you know, you bring up Alex Singleton, and everybody's all gushing on Alex Singleton, right? But he made two or three at least mistakes today. Yep. You know, he, he's not great in pass coverage. But you know what? Because he's a team player, because he's putting effort out there, 110%, look, we're 4-8-1. and one. I'm going to look past that because of his his youth, Jordan Mailata. If he gives up a, you know, he misses an assignment rushing because he's the first one to pick up his quarterback or running back off the turf. I'm going to look past it because none of these guys had an offseason. You know, there was no rookie camps, no OTAs. I'm looking, like I said, my key to the game, not the victory, was seeing positive things that we can build upon moving forward. And I'll take some of these positives moving forward on these young guys that are team players. And it's such a big deal right there because you want the team player. And how about, how about this for a team player point, the, and the lack of off season and the lack of coaching, you look at the offensive line today that didn't allow any sacks when not worrying about whether or not Jason Peters was going to play. And you have my who's let's call it like it is, is in his first year of real football. Mm-hmm. Driscoll, who is a rookie, and Herbig, who was not supposed to be a contributor of any kind this year. Besides that, you have Kelsey and Samalu, who were supposed to be starters. That, that, yes. that, that part wasn't a surprise. Which one of those will still be here next year because Kelsey possibly will retire. Most likely, say, Amalu moves over to center at that point. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm impressed with the way the offensive line played now, today. I, I, I think it goes a different way there. I think that Driscoll moves to center. Do you? I mean, it's possible. There was talk it, when we we did our dra- post draft show early on in the eight, all about the birds, you know, podcasting that he, he was not, somebody yes. that could play tackle, guard, or center. No, nope, here we go. Herbig. The button up collar shirt. And you know what exactly were you able to do? Uh, why were you able to to get so many yards in the ground? Um, well, I think first of. Already with the start, already with the pause here. Almost and the lag. Team win. Everybody played together, um, believed in one another, and we put an emphasis on that this week. Um, playing together, playing as one, bringing energy and creating our own energy, uh, moving with urgency, and just going out there and believing in one another. And I'm, I'm happy this group got it. He's done a lot today. different than he was happy. last week. That he's the starter. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, go yeah. we'll go Mike Kane and Zach Berman. Hey Jalen, can you take us through the uh, the touchdown? throw to Alshon? <laughs> yeah, um, it was a look where <laughs> sure. I believe we had cover zero, um, a man-to-man look, and had a free guy off the edge, and I know I had to <laughs> And he knew how to make Zach the throw. and then Jeff Skaversky. Hey, Jalen, how did you think your legs changed the game and changed? I can't handle the lag, my friends. <laughs> oh, all right. As, well, I was going to say, let's as, listen to Hurts a little bit, then try to wrap it up, but we can talk a little bit longer because of that, man. Yeah. For some reason, when I tried to go to the Eagles website, it wouldn't let me play the video through, so I had to go to Twitter, and with comments and hearts coming in, there's 
There's yeah. there's no good there. Yeah, no. We're, we're working it out. You know, uh, Drew checked in earlier. Do we have a call in? When Jeff was on the show, we had an option for that. We just never really worked on it. We'll figure out a way to get a call in here. There's There's got to be a way for our three computers to figure out a way to get a, a Google number to call into this show. We'll figure that out in the uh, the coming weeks and in the off season. All. But yeah. Yeah. What do we got coming in here now? Anyway. Um, yeah. So where were we before the Hertz thing? What were we talking about before you put Hertz we up? Talking, on? We were talking about offensive line and the fact yeah. that these, these young guys are, are, are starting to work together. And we were talking about, you know, who moves over to center, who moves over here, who does that? Kelsey moves think- on. I think Kelsey might stay another year. He may stay another year. If, if he leaves, I I know you said Sam Malo. I know you said Driscoll. But last year, the backup center was Herbig. So there's right. a possibility Herbig could be that in that uh, conversation as well. So um, I, I just think, I think Driscoll, simply because his outside footwork as a tackle allows him as a center to get out on those screens like Kelsey yeah. does. Um, whereas Herbig, I don't, Herbig's more suited to play guard. Let's, let's call it really like it is. Um, but I think our offensive line right now is, so going left to right, you know, I put my as your starting left tackle next season. I don't put Dillard there. Me too. You, I agree. But you go my Lada, Salamalu, center, which I still hope is Kelsey Brooks, and then Lane Johnson. That's a great offensive line. And then you've got Dillard. And all these other guys, you got Dillard, you got Driscoll, you got, you know, Herbig Ope. You got all these guys. You know, we, we haven't even touched on once in the last four or five weeks, Prince Tega, who has been oh, sitting I, there, who could potentially be the steal of the last draft. I agree. Who's been getting healthy and developing slowly this year, you know, and, and Drew's bringing it up. You know, if Sayamalu has to move to center, Dillard might be your left guard next year, actually. And I don't think that's an awful idea. He didn't really do well at right guard. But left guard, I don't think that's the worst idea. What When they got Driscoll out of the draft, the big thing with him was he could play all the positions on the offensive line. He did it. He, Auburn, he, he was here. best suited at guard right. in his post you know, write-ups and all. And I want to bring he, up Drew's thing here. The D-line might not be a worry, but the O-line still is a worry. You still need depth on the O-line because we assume Brooks yeah. going to be back. We assume Lane Johnson is going to be back. But these guys are getting injured and older. And how many times can Brandon Brooks come back from an injury? Severe injuries, too. Yeah, exactly. So we still need to address it. I would not – I mean, this is something for Johnny's Draft Show on Friday nights, plugging that 9 o'clock on Friday nights. It's a great show, talks a lot. Um, You might need to use that first-round pick on an offensive lineman, potentially. I mean, I'd hope it would be on a linebacker or a cornerback or a safety. It has to it be. Is something. It, 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 is, it, it wouldn't be surprising to see an offensive lineman taken in the first round. But if Howie's or, running the draft, we're getting another quarterback. Let's call it like it is. We're a factory. <laughs> they brought that up on or Fox. On, on the, on the, on the, on the, the telecast I saw this morning, they were talking about quarterback factory. I was like, great. Everybody knows that we're just a laughing stock of a front office right now. And the, the one thing I don't know if you guys saw it, you know, you know, talk about the the factory, and they kept bringing up the Hertz and Wentz thing. But did you did you hear what Daryl Johnson had to say about the the whole Wentz? Hey, and everything? Thank hey, thanks Elizabeth for checking thanks in. Thanks for checking Much in. Appreciate it for coming on the show and all your great comments tonight. Make sure you come back all our other shows and following all of us. But did you guys hear what what Johnson said about how Frank Reich was here and how Carson? Yeah. And the, 
And and then he, and then he kind of related with Troy Aikman and the and the, uh, yep. the relationship that North Turner had with him, and just that that was interesting, you know, to hear that. Yeah, I mean, it brings up. I mean, I think it's a stupid point that <laughs> jumping that he's obviously going to get traded to the Colts because of Frank Wright and all. But when you listen to more and more people talk about it, it's it's not it, stupid per se. It's just I, I don't I don't know if it's stupid. I think it lines up too perfectly. And here in Florida, like that right. perfect storm that's not perfect. Right. So you look at you look at the Colts and you see that you know Rivers is he's a stopgap quarterback. You and see they, the have no, they have literally both Rivers and Brissett are right. free agents. So they have right. literally zero quarterbacks on their roster. And, and Frank Reich is the coach of there. So right. you look at it as okay, so it perfectly lines up. And here in Philadelphia, when it's the best decision when it's the most common sense decision when it's the easiest decision we know we do the opposite wrong thing um that's why we had rager over jefferson that's why we we took jalen hurts in the set now the one point that was made up a little bit higher um which is does it change his role on the team if uh does it change when's his role on the team if we make the playoffs i think point blank if jalen hurts leads this team to the playoffs at this point he is your starting quarterback next year, no question at all. Honestly, I would almost go as far as saying, even if he doesn't lead us to the playoffs, but if he goes two and two in his final four games, he's the starting quarterback next year. And and Drew brings up, you, you, you trade him for a fourth and you take the hit. I mean, again, we've talked about it on a, a few previous shows. If you wait till after June 1st, you take a less of a hit by trading him after June 1st, right? What is it, $25 million, Johnny, or something yeah, like that? Also or you after – after the third day of the league year, you got to pay him out the bonus money. So that's yeah, so the other. That's, there's that's the ways other issue to work too. around that. That cap hit can be slightly adjusted depending on when. So as long as you're not looking for that draft compensation for this year's draft, you can make it work somehow. And sometimes yeah. you just got to take a you you just got to take the draft hit, the cap hit, and, and and build your team. So I mean, I don't think it's the worst thing. And and Andy Dakota Lucas brings up. Josh McCown. Maybe Josh McCown was part of it last year. You know, you lost Frank Wright. Yeah. Josh McCown came in, you know, and let him. And, you know, Josh McCown has been sitting in Texas all year. And then, you know, Houston picked him up off our practice squad. But, you know, maybe Car Carson only listens. And I I'm just put I'm, – I'm bypassing the other part of the Andy's comment there. But only certain type of people connect with Carson. Right. And he needs those kind of people, whatever they are – that they explain things a certain way or they reach him a certain way. You know, right now we don't have that kind of person on this team. I, I'm going to change even your point to being, you know, apart from what Andy was bringing up, it's the, it's the big brother figure, right? So okay, Frank, take so, that, yeah. so Frank Wright, yes, he was a coach, but he was that big brother figure. So then Nick Foles comes in, Nick Foles, who had had some success in the league. He's your big brother figure. So then they bring in Josh McCown and Josh McCown's a big brother figure on the 2020 team. Carson Wentz was that. expected to be the leader. He's he supposed to be the big brother and not exactly. have a big brother. And he he, he yeah. didn't do so great. Instead, he was fighting more for the little brother's affection with dad, Doug Peterson. Yeah, and to bring up Drew's point here, <laughs> most of us already have talked about two or three of those names, two or at least two of those three names probably won't be here next year. Jeffries is already gone in most of our opinions. I don't know. You know he I a right back today. Today. No, he's got he's, he's got Barnett. <laughs> I think Cox can move on. I mean, these are names that, that could get moved. We were all hoping that all these guys would get traded at the trade deadline. So, you know, it's not that big of a stretch to get rid of all those three guys and not miss a beat next year. So, but there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of decisions to be made. 
Yeah, that also leaves a lot that, of holes. And that's actually fill. where we could wrap this whole show. We could segue into like a, a you know a lot of decisions to be made, especially after just one game tonight. Do you want Howie Roseman making those decisions still? Absolutely not. One win tonight with Jalen Hurts playing really well, the the Jalen Hurts pick does not save Howie Roseman, in my opinion. No, not at all. And I I hope I don't go on Twitter tonight and tomorrow and see people saying Howie has saved that the the, the Jalen Hurts pick was the right pick and blah, blah, blah. I hope that's not where people start going on Sports Talk Radio and on Twitter in the next couple of days. But I also think that it's interesting to bring up that pregame, who was Howie Roseman hanging out with pregame on the field? Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Did you ever see him hanging out with Carson before the no. game? No, no, you did not. And I think, the coach is not hanging out with him so on the sideline. I don't think one game saves Howie. I also am hopeful that right now, I don't think that one game saves Doug either. Doug no, either. did not call a great game tonight. No. You won a game because Jalen Hurts is an athletic quarterback and there wasn't a lot of tape on him. And the, and what, the Saints took them lightly. Right. And what you saw is one – so the Saints prepared with one half of Jalen Hurts football on tape, right? So they saw a half of Jalen Hurts football against the Packers. They didn't have a pregame or a preseason set of tape on him. So then the first half, Jalen Hurts looked incredible. What happened the second half is – now there's a decent amount of tape on him. They adapted. See, other NFL teams do things that the Eagles don't do. They make adjustments. They change things once they notice how things are going. And when that change happened, Doug still ran the same offense he did. The fact that Miles Sanders, with a rookie second-round quarterback making his first NFL start, did not hit 20 carries is an abomination. It's an abomination. Yeah. I'm just going to keep putting up all the Lewis Riddick comments up on the screen and just leave them up there. Because if, if I don't get Dan Arvlosky as our offensive coordinator, I better get Lewis Riddick as our, as our GM. I want one of those two guys in this organization next year so badly. So I'm just going to only put up comments for the rest of the show that have their two names in it. That, and that, that's it. So, Or Dorsey, like you said. <laughs> I, st- I, still, I, still want, I still want those two names in this organization. So, so that my my concern with that would be kind of like the same issue that Doug is that that Carson's having with the the bigger name is the more wanted name, right? So Jalen Hurts is a big name, so that's the more wanted name. Is Doug going to have an issue if Howie's gone and the GM is a bigger name than Doug, right? What happens when Doug he goes, look, I won you your first Super Bowl, Jeff Lurie, I need to be head coach. Offensive coordinator and GM. You know well, what solves all that? Winning. I don't think you make those demands with a four eight one record personally. You don't. <laughs> you don't. I say you're out. You say kill, 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 kill. <laughs> yeah, kill, kill, kill. <laughs> you just added another kill. Now we're up to five kills today. I know. But yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here, and it's funny because I'm watching people tag me and things and going, that's one. That's still like, ah, ah, like I'm the count over here. Uh, you're, you're, but it's something you're that – I mean, it's, it's a great point you brought up earlier in the week and, and you we, know, uh, brought up multiple over, times. Right, and over here at All About the Birds, you know, we set the trends and you start to see these things happening. There's you a shirt to, on the aatbirds.com slash shop shirt. shop site. Failed on that one. Sorry. That's a, too many S's there for me. And all. Yeah. I've had but, one too many of my Christmas beers here tonight, so you know, but, I'm, the, the, I'm the trying fact, to hold it together. But we're we're over here looking at these things, and 
other people are starting to notice. You know, we over here in Philadelphia, we, we've been questioning this GM thing for a while. Well, what happened when Lewis Riddick did a game? He questioned the GM stuff. They, they questioned all kinds of things tonight that we have been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks. Jeffrey Lurie has said, and it's pretty consistent with him, he doesn't do a single thing during the season. But I think when this season is over, we're going to hear Jeffrey Lurie speak up a little bit. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up one final question. I'll give you guys both a chance to answer it if you noticed it. Uh, you know, Palatera brought it up. You know, I, I missed it. I think it was during a moment when I was stepped away from the TV that they all were talking about a moment when Jeffrey Lurie was shown on TV and he did not look happy in his box. Did you guys notice that? I did not personally, but I also don't see Jeffrey Lurie. I'm too busy watching how we pack up his man purse last week. I'm still remembering that. Um, and they spent more time tonight just continuing to show shots of Carson like we knew was going to happen. You know, and that's why you needed, you know, you know, uh, what's his name? Nate Sudfeld as your backup and not Carson. Just let him be off the field. For, that was what I said. Yeah. And, I, and yeah, I, 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 took, I took a lot of heat on that. I mentioned before the game, I said, look, I don't know if, if Carson should be your backup. If it's for a mental – so there, there was two reasons why Doug made Carson – as the backup quarterback this week, right? If point one was to give him a mental break, then how is keeping him on the sideline and constantly showing shots and constantly showing – Jalen Hurts completes a pass. Here's Carson. Uh, Jalen Hurts runs for a first down. Here's Carson. Jalen Hurts throws – here's – that's that didn't give him a mental break. The other thing is if he's not playing well, then say Jalen Hurts does go down, do you want Carson going in? Or at that point, should Sudfeld be the one that goes in? And just see what he have with Sudfeld because next year, say that one of these guys is gone because they use Jalen Hurts as collateral or they finally get rid of Carson Wentz because Jalen Hurts is your guy. Is Nate Sudfeld your backup yet again? Because at, at that point, if you get rid of one of these two guys, you have an unproven backup. He's only, on a one, he's only on a one-year deal. but so you get then a veteran. We, or, yeah, or do you draft yet another quarterback you'll always the eagles will draft somebody in the sixth or seventh round almost every single year it seems like just only seven, sometimes in the second six or seven doesn't bug me except for the fact like with the cowboys this year you had to sneak it sneak in ben denucci mm -hmm. you know what i mean the eagles would not have won that game if it was not for the fact that ben denucci was the quarterback absolutely yeah so but no i six, six or seventh round doesn't bug me second third round bugs me yeah it's not where you want to go with all the the holes the team yeah. has, but I, I saw Laurie. He looked pissed off. I was my, my favorite graphic is when they showed Harry Roseman. And he kept looking up because the camera's in the booth, and then they pan. They put a little graphic underneath one Pro Bowler since twenty fourteen. <laughs> I saw that. That one I saw. Yeah. And who was it? Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. And then they showed Wentz. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you guys got anything else to say before we uh, wrap this show up for this uh, this evening? I love that we won the game. Because yeah. none of us, except for Adam, who keeps commenting in, good Adam, had, had this game. One of your predictions went right. Had this game as a victory, and I had it as a really ugly loss, and it almost was ugly in the sense of we almost blew it. With that being said, I feel that Jalen Hurts starts the rest of the year. I feel like the play calling is still an issue. I want to see these guys get back healthy, but it's nice for once to chat with you fine gentlemen after an Eagles win. 
Johnny? You know, I've just won the game. They played the most complete football game they played all season. Hurts looked unfazed back there, which was very, um, you know, I enjoyed watching that and enjoyed the football game. Mm-hmm. I looked for it. I woke up this morning and I'm like a little bit of, I don't know, renewal of, you know, the season. They are three, eight and one, but something to look forward to. And it's not the same old, same. It old. was, it was the spark. Exactly. The spark, a big spark that caught fire. And they won the game. <laughs> Sparks. It, it caught but. such a fire that it hurts. Mm. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to say that I'm happy that we saw positive progress yeah. on this team. The win is great, and I'm super excited that we won this game. But the positive progress, that, yeah. that at this point, when you're 4-8-1 and one now, that's all that matters, right? We got people saying that we're making the playoffs. But there's still a chance. Know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be – we got hate hat. We got so many comments coming in. We appreciate them. But as long as we see positive progress, I'm a happy man. I want to be able to – the last couple games of the year, I want to be able to pump my fist yeah. at least a couple times every game. Okay? I, I don't know about you guys, but that that's where I'm at at this I point. I agree. I totally agree. Oh, 100% agree. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this show up. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thanks, Nick. Go Birds is right. Thanks, everybody, for checking in. We got a s- slight scheduling change this upcoming week. We're going to do our weekly preview show on Tuesday night at 9.15. We got first-time, three-time repeat guest, former Eagles offensive lineman Jeremy Bridges. He's out in Arizona. He's big with the Arizona Cardinals. He's going to be our guest, and he's going to be on the show. So instead of Wednesday at 9.15, we're going to do Tuesday at 9.15. Jeremy Bridges will be on. We love Jeremy Bridges. He's the offensive lineman of the All About the Birds family. Um, we'll talk a lot about the offensive line and the offense with him and what it's like being in a locker room with this kind of a situation and all, what's going on with the quarterback change and all. Um, of course, we've also got Chips and Dish tomorrow night at 6.30. Yes, we do. I'll have the Fantasy and Draft show on Thursday night at 8.30. Johnny's Draft show on Friday next week. 9.30. Oh, 9.30 next week. next week. So as always, we've got lots of great shows. We thank everybody for tuning. We had a lot of great participation tonight. We're going to try drew to work on a call in line somehow here. We're going to Google that, try to figure out a way to make that work for everybody. But again, we got to thank last out media at last out media on Twitter. Um, Heat ratio at heat ratio sports on Twitter and the athletes hub at athletes hub. I'm actually working on an NBA preview show that I'm going to do with their writers uh, next week. Not this upcoming week, the following week. But again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. You know, as somebody said, I don't know if we're going to do a, you know, a Hurts to Alshon 2020 mug, uh, but maybe we'll come up with some new creative uh, designs in the next week or so, Johnny. We'll see what you come up with. Um, But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Everybody have a great Sunday. And as we end every show, it's it's go Go birds. birds. Go birds. Do what you got to do. Do it.